News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 158 of the Luke Macias Show. I am sorry, guys, we are coming to y'all a day late. And I guess a dollar short. I don't really know the saying a day late and a dollar short. I don't know where the dollar short comes in. And I'm sure if I just Googled it right now, I could find out. But here's the deal. We are coming to you a day late because um, I'm a poor planner. And I got sick. And I was sick Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I'm still kind of sick today. So I have to kind of speak like softly. It's a it's a stomach issue. It's a gastrointestinal issue. And anyways, all that's all I need to say. It's just not been a very pleasant couple days in the Macias household, but that is fine. Um, we are doing great, and we are blessed. Um, I want to talk about a couple things today. So first, I want to talk about the uh, Republican primary ballot initiatives. I'm going to go through the result of the Republican primary ballot initiatives with you from top to bottom. I overviewed which uh, the Republican initiatives that were on the ballot uh, several episodes ago. And so uh, I actually took a time to kind of walk back and go through what is on the ballot right? That was um, actually episode 149 on January 4th. And so I came to you 60 days before the election and said, here are all the Republican ballot initiatives that you are going to vote on. And here's why they are important. What does this do? This gives us a barometer, a pulse check on where the average Republican voter is. What do they want to see their government deliver? And the results are very very encouraging. First and foremost, I will tell you the 10 items on the Republican ballot were all very conservative items. So these were not wishy-washy policies. These were very conservative, aggressive items, which meant that if there were a bunch of voters that wanted to go in a more moderate, middle-of-the-road, purple direction, they had an opportunity to have their voice heard. And they made it loud and clear that they would like to see conservative results come out of the legislative process. And let's go through those from top to bottom on highest vote getter to lowest vote getter on what they want to get. Now, when I say highest to lowest, the highest vote getter was a little over 95%. And if that's not unanimous, I don't know what is. I don't know what those 4% are. Those 4% of people that voted against this probably, to be completely honest, are like the Democrats that vote in the Republican primary just so they can keep more rights in our party. And so we kind of know like those are the just obvious Democrats that know they don't even care about outing themselves. And then the lowest uh, vote getter was at 75%. Okay, so we basically have a 20 point gap. But the lowest vote getter being 75% is still a super majority of Republican primary voters, three quarters of Republican primary voters, very, very high support. So let's go through those top to bottom. The first vote getter is the election integrity ballot proposition, which essentially called for a restoration of the felony penalties for voter fraud. So our Republicans, our courageous Republicans in the Texas legislature decided to lower the penalty. And they did this in the Texas House. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has tried to reverse this process, but Speaker Dade Phelan and his lieutenants don't want to. And uh, the, the governor just didn't want to push the House to make them do it. So ultimately, they're going to come back next session, have an opportunity to restore uh, this this felony, um, convi- you know, this felony penalty. So basically, if you commit voter fraud in Texas today, it's a misdemeanor, which 
most people would tell you if you make something a misdemeanor instead of a felony, which it used to be, you're going to get more of it. So there are a lot of people that oppose that particular portion of the bill and want to see it fixed. So felony restoration. The next item received 92.56% of the vote. And that were the conscience, those were the conscience protections. And so this language basically just said that people should have the right to conscience. It's a religious liberty uh, argument that just says that people can't be forced to do things uh, by the government. We want to make sure that their right of conscience is continually protected. It's a little broad as far as language goes. So the truth is, I don't know that there's one bill that perspective specifically prescribes the solution to this issue, but it's just a general recognition of where Republicans stand on that issue and someone's right to conscience protections. 92.55%, which I thought was funny. I mean, there's literally like a handful of Texans out there like protect conscience, but I'm not okay. I'm okay with the sex change surgeries. I don't know who those people are. Uh, In fact, I don't even know exactly how many it is, but it's literally like a handful of voters that decided a couple hundred people across the entire state. So 92.55% said we need to ban sex change transitions of children. And and the language also included cross-sex hormones and therapy. Uh, It's really important to kind of read this as just an all-encompassing ban on transitioning children. Texans don't want children transitioned. They don't want them. They don't want them transitioned at three months, at three years, at 13, none of it. And so we are moving the state significantly forward and and to the right on this issue. The state of Idaho just passed a ban that says that you can't transition your kid. They actually took it a step further and said you also can't take your kid to another state to transition because they understand that, I mean, parents are just going to go to Washington state and transition their kids there. So they actually worked to make sure that they close that loophole as well. And we have to do that in Texas. One of the reasons Chairman Stephanie Click up in North Richland Hills is in a Republican primary runoff is because she drug her feet and helped kill the bill that would have started to ban these type of practices in the Texas House of Representatives. And it's one reason why um, Greg Abbott was hit so hard on it and why he moved so far on the issue is because this issue matters to Republicans. Republicans are clear on what they want. They're demanding action. And it'll be interesting to see what we actually see out of the legislature. Uh, Number four was a 92.2% of the vote was basically Don Huffine's border plan. Okay. I mean, the truth of this is, I'll just read this one to you because it it matters. In the light of the federal government's refusal to defend the southern border, Texas should immediately deploy the National Guard, Texas military forces, and necessary state law enforcement to seal the border, enforce immigration laws, and deport illegal aliens. This is basically saying that because the federal government is not enforcing immigration law, Texas must under Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. This is the Don Huffines border plan that he ran on, and this was strongly endorsed by the average Republican voter. Now, some of you will say, golly, why didn't Don Huffines get elected as governor then? Well, here's the reality that campaigns are a process of educating voters and Educating millions of voters who come out to vote is a very difficult process. It's a difficult process even when you have a coordinated, even the right of center media largely ignoring the opposition. And and they do. And so we already know those natural uh, pillars or hurdles that any candidate, any challenger to an incumbent has to jump over. But the reality is that one of the reasons the ballot propositions is important is it kind of cuts through the clutter and says, where, what does the average voter want to see delivered? And that's the advantage of, of this particular language. So 
Huge support for that. 91% said they wanted critical race theory banned, period. And I think if you uh, if you include, I mean, there's going to be a push to ban these in the university system. We need to make sure to go even harder in our school system and make sure that less indoctrination is happening, not just in the area of race, but also sexual orientation. You have what Florida just passed that Texas uh, has not passed, which is just a ban on any teachers even talking about sexual issues, sexual orientation with kindergarten through third grade. I mean, this is very basic information saying if a kid's in first or second grade you cannot talk about sex with my kid period anything about it incredibly important to see legislation like that pass in texas and i think it's clear that texans are tired of their kids being indoctrinated Uh, number six on the issue is no vaccine mandates 88.5 percent and again This is in direct opposition to large business interests in Texans. Texans for Lawsuit Reform has come out and said they oppose legislation that will end vaccine mandates in Texas. This is the type of uphill battle that the grassroots have to climb, even though they're all united. 88.5% of them want to see a ban on vaccine mandates, want to see no one in Texas lose their job for not being vaccinated. The big business interests have a lot of influence and have given a ton of money to most of the Republican politicians in power. So even though that one receives strong support, it is going to be a difficult uphill battle to pass, but it's good to see Republicans united behind the issue. 87%, almost 88% of Republican primary voters voted to see some form of school choice where the dollars follow the child and not the system. They're not stuck in a monopolistic system. This is a growing and increasing issue. It increased in support from the last time it was on the ballot. It is an issue that Republicans in Texas have long, the Republican elites in Texas have long opposed or avoided. One or the two, and both are just as bad. But the reality is that this particular issue is going to become an even more important issue next session. It's going to be harder and harder for Republicans to continue to have Texas be one of the few red states in America that allows the teacher unions to dictate our education policy. Number eight of the ballot propositions was the personhood amendment. And this was one that matters not only for unborn children, but also the end of life issue that Texas Right to Life continues to work hard on. With uh, abortion, it's clear that 87.5% of Texans, they believe a person in the womb is the same as a person outside the womb. This is a really simple idea that says that a person is a person no matter how small. And this doesn't come from me. This comes from Dr. Seuss. It's a very clear and easy idea to understand. So they want to make sure that Texas law reflects those same realities, that this is a person and you must treat them as such. We have to stop aborting children in Texas. Number nine, with 81% of the vote, was a ban on Democrat chairman. And I think this actually brings up a really good point, which is that Republican primary voters, one of their frustrations with Democrat chairman is that it's a symptom of the disease. The disease is that Republicans are unwilling to deliver these really necessary easy wins that if the Republican legislature was dominated by Republicans who supported the rest of what Republican voters wanted, we would pass. Okay. We could have passed a ban on transitioning children last session. We didn't. We could have passed more conscious protections. We didn't. We could have kept the felony, uh, the felony penalty for voter fraud. We didn't. We could have passed a stronger border plan and started building the wall even earlier, but we didn't. We could have passed a vaccine mandate, but we didn't. We could have passed school choice legislation, but we didn't. We could have passed personhood legislation. We didn't. 
We could have ended property taxes and put them on a glide path to zero, but we didn't. And that's the number 10. But here's the why. Because Republicans in the legislature turn over a lot of their power to Democrats. And it's not just in the form of chairmanships. It's also in the form of letting them dictate how much stuff passes. You will hear this stuff all the time in Austin where Republican lawmakers will say, well, look, we're going to pass these three Republican bills. But if we try to do anything more, the Democrats are going to get so mad. There is this general mindset that we cannot accomplish everything that Republican voters need us to accomplish, that we need to accomplish for them. That is the general mindset of the legislature, of the leadership within the Texas House. And even sometimes, well, also in the governor's mansion, and uh, occasionally in the Senate, though it doesn't really happen there nearly as much as it does throughout the rest of state government. So the reality is that when these issues are demanded, the Senate is usually pretty quick to respond. The House is usually opposing most of it, and the governor is silent on everything until it hits his desk. Or until he gets a primary opponent, then he comes out. But next session, he won't have a primary opponent when he's there. So who knows what he's going to do? Democrat chairmanships is a symptom of the disease. And the disease is stop a Republican leadership that will empower Democrats. And I will tell you that the problem is that the culture in the Texas House is one that in no way intends to stop doing that anytime soon. So Republicans are rightfully saying, hey, do these, deliver these issues. And by the way, Stop giving Democrats chairmanships. A strong amount of Texans, 81.2%, have said, don't do this. The question's going to be, next session, are a bunch of these Republican officials going to vote with 19% of the party? Is the 19% going to wield against the will of the vast majority of Republican voters? And if it does, I think that is going to become an issue in the future. Number 10 is 75%. 75% of Texans said they wanted to end property taxes with no state income tax. And they basically said they want to put taxes on a glide path to zero. Okay, it's very good. Texas should eliminate all property taxes within 10 years without implementing a state income tax. The Texas Public Policy Foundation has put out a white paper to show what the MNO rate would look like if it was phased out. And that's the school portion of your property tax bill. And then there's other portions of your property tax bill that also have to be addressed. This is also an issue that Don Huffines ran on but also other Republican candidates as well across the entire state of Texas. There is a real appetite amongst Republicans, and I will tell you just from talking to hundreds of Republican voters over the last two weeks before they voted, so many of the people that did vote no voted no because they just wanted to know what it looks like. And so there's a huge opportunity for education. Here's the cool thing. Three quarters of Republican primary voters are already on board with the plan without even understanding all the details, but they do fundamentally understand that government is too big, that it's using their money against them, that it's funding the enemy that it's handing out taxpayer dollars left and right to a bunch of corporations that hate us, that there are corporations that move in here that use their money and donate to Black Lives Matter but are given property tax abatements for 10 years. So you're telling me they can't pay property taxes for 10 years, but I have to to continue to fund them so that they can continue to fund BLM, that I can fund institutions that are literally sexually grooming my children at a very young age or my grandchildren, they're kind of sick and tired of this. They're sick and tired of the excuses that keep getting given by Republican lawmakers. So the reality is that all 10 of these had super strong support. Now, my conclusion is that if you are one of those people that voted with the vast majority of them, which probably most of you are, I would be really surprised if many of our listeners voted against them. I know a couple of you that probably voted against one or two of these based on a certain principle of how it was written and how you might agree or disagree with that particular prescription. But here's the reality. 
We need to continue to pressure Republicans if we want to see those issues delivered. That's just the reality of what it takes, because one thing we know is that most Republican elected officials will sell you out. It's true. Most of the ones on your ballot would sell you out. Most of the ones you voted for would sell you out, will sell you out. That's just a reality that we get to deal with. The only thing that changes that is the environment in which they're around. And so I hope that many of you, in looking at this, are further emboldened to know that the Republicans around you believe what you believe. That's what you should take away from this, that when you look around you and see the average Republican, they are with you. And when you sit down with your elected official and say, I need you to work on these issues, and they give you excuses, it's because they're not with all of you. And we're going to close this week by just playing a clip, a three-minute clip from Chip Roy, who's one of my favorite congressmen out of Texas. He gave a phenomenal speech regarding uh, the party's recent spending spree. This was before Mitch McConnell came out with his bold plan, which is, again, a total sellout of the Republican electorate, um, but no surprise there. So Chip had some great words, and I'm not going to expound upon it because I don't think I can say it any clearer than Chip said it himself. We're going to close with that today. I hope you have a great week, and I hope that next week when I come to you, I'm feeling a little less nauseous. God bless you, and God bless Texas. It is secure the border. And my colleagues on this side of the aisle are going to say, oh, don't worry, we're going to give you more money for ICE, more money for Border Patrol. But you know what that does? It makes it worse. Because you're funding the processing of people at our border. Because that's all Border Patrol and ICE are doing. But my colleagues on this side of the aisle are going to say, oh, look at us. We did something for you for border security. It ain't true. It's going to make it worse. And anybody who's been to the border, anybody who talks to Border Patrol, anybody who talks to ICE knows that's true. We're not going to get a vaccine mandate. We're not going to get a secure border. And we're not going to get more oil and gas being produced in America. And then we're going to say, great, let's have a vote and send more lethal aid to Ukraine. And we're not even going to have a debate down here about what we're doing and funding Ukraine with Putin rolling over Ukraine. All we're doing is backroom deal making waiting for somebody to drop a bill on the floor of the House and then come down and vote yes or no. That is a disgusting display by both sides of this body. We ought to have a full and open debate on the floor of the House about what we're doing in sending arms to Ukraine, how much we're spending, what it means for our involvement, what it means for NATO, what it means for stopping Putin, and stop spending money we don't have. Stop funding tyranny. Stop forcing Americans to get a jab or lose their job. Stop leaving the border wide open and stop selling the American people a bill of goods. And I'm looking directly at my party when I say that. And I yield back. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messia Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.